The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Expectation governs outcomes. Expectation governs outcomes. What you expect, you attract. What you expect will manifest. And that's why it's so important you guard your heart and mind. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The issues of life. The word there is tosa. It means the boundaries. The geographical boundaries. See? Your limitations are in your heart. They're not outside. The boundaries of your life are in your heart. And that's why we need to get into the word of God consistently. Because one thing I learned from the Lord is that the more you take responsibility for where you are, the more God can trust you. It means you're humble. You see that? But you must not come to a place where it's self-pity, feels pity for yourself. No, you, you need to find out what do I need to do? What do I need to know to get out of this circumstance? Hallelujah. One way out of many things to go through is growth. Personal growth. See, when we grow, our outcome changes because our attitude changes. Because your attitude to life determines your altitude in life. Amen? And these are the outflows of your heart. Praise God. We are looking at the roadmap to uncommon accomplishments. The roadmap to uncommon accomplishments. When you read Psalm 103 verse 7, the Bible says that the Lord made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. One of them is a participator or an instrument of the miraculous. The others are spectators. I made up my mind many years ago never to be a spectator in life or in anything I'm involved in. When I grew up in church, I was involved. See, I was involved. And there's no way they would tell the story of that church and how it grew and how there were teenagers there without telling my story. I was involved. I have a history in the kingdom of God. See, you must learn to create a history in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It says, it made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. You see, one thing you've got to know, if you're going to lead in life, you must know the ways of God. Because you can only lead those you are ahead of. You can only lead those you are ahead of. And knowledge is the knowing that gives you an edge in life. You see that? A lot of times we feel that because of duration, we should have some honor. No, it doesn't work that way in life. It doesn't work that way in life. 
content counts. See, and you must learn to grow. He says he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. They were only watching. And when you read Jeremiah 6 verse 16, the Bible says, stand in the ways and see. Then he says, ask for the old parts. Where the good way is and walk in it, it says, then you will find rest for your souls. But it said, go not walk in it. In other words, there are people who God will teach things and show them things and they will do nothing about it. I told you the other day, I said there are two kinds of ignorance. Now, the first kind of ignorance is the ignorance of not knowing. In other words, you don't have knowledge. Now, the second kind of ignorance is to ignorance. Now, the suffix, I don't know if you did English in school, suffix is what you add to the word. Can you remember? Where is that? Maintenance, surveillance. You see that? Now, the word ans, A-N-C-E, is action. See? Maintenance, surveillance. So, when we look at ignorance, First one, not knowing. Second one, you know, but you don't do. You're not better off than a man that doesn't know. That's also ignorance. Are we together? All right. In Exodus 34, verse 10, the Bible tells us about Moses. God is talking to Moses. He said, Behold, I make a covenant. Before all your people, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. No, in any nation, that is what we call an uncommon accomplishment. You see that? An uncommon accomplishment. It has never been done in all the earth. It's the man that knows the ways of God. If you read from verse 1 to 9, you'll find out that God just revealed himself to Moses. And when Moses got a fresh revelation of God, God says, hey, I'm going to do marvels which have not been done in all the earth and nation, and all the people among whom you are shall see. You see that? The work of the Lord. They were seeing God's act of Israel. But Moses, he says, is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Moses was the instrument because God revealed his ways to him. And that's why we're showing you this roadmap. This roadmap. We said, number one, find your purpose. Why were you born? Your success will come more easily when you follow God's plan and purpose in your life. Because you're doing what you were designed to do. You are a square peg in a square hole. You are a round peg in a round hole. You see that? See, following your purpose will actually facilitate the speed of your progress in life. Number two, we said follow your passion. Because whatever God calls you to do, He will give you a desire to do it. Number three, flex your potential. In other words, God gave you an ability. Start doing something with what you've got. Number four, we said forge a plan. You see that? 
You cannot sustain success without a plan. God is a planner. Number five, frame your priorities. That's what we are looking at today. Frame your priorities. Your priorities refers to what comes first in your daily agenda or in your skill of preference. Your priorities refers to what comes first in your daily agenda or in your skill of preference. Whatever you consider as important is your priority. Your ability to prioritize correctly is one of the primary keys to continuous success. Your ability to prioritize correctly is one of the primary keys to continuous success. Success is a function of knowing what to prioritize and what to minimize. You see that? So your ability to prioritize correctly is one of the primary keys to success in life. Successful people know how to prioritize. In Matthew 6.33, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see that? When we prioritize correctly, we can experience effortless increase. When we prioritize correctly, we can experience effortless increase. It says, but seek first priority. Seek first. Whatever you do first when you wake up is most important. Some people, as they wake up, they go to the kitchen. In fact, I've heard of people who wake up in the night to go and eat. I don't know why I feel there's something wrong with that. Because if you wake up in the night at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., that's what's most important to you. If you're working till 3 a.m., you're studying till 3 a.m., studying till 4 a.m., I'm going to, at least you were studying the Bible, you were reading. You see that? So, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, give it to me in the Amplified Version. Look at this. It says, but seek a man and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. Watch this. Is way of doing and being right. It's a sick God's way of doing things. Prioritize it because when I want to do things, I want to find out what does God want me to do. Because I know He's the ancient of days. I know He's the only wise God. I know He knows the end from the beginning. So there's no use being stupid, experimenting with my life. You see that? It says, and then. All these things taken together will be given you besides. What are your priorities? What was the first thing you did this morning? Come on now. What was the first thing you did? What are your priorities? You see, our priorities preoccupy our minds. You see, whatever you think about most of the time is your priority. Psalm 10 verse 4. It says, The wicked in his, in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is, no, is in none of his thoughts. Did you see that? So the wicked in the pride of his countenance will not seek God. In other words, when, if you want to know whether you are proud, look at your prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life or a studied life, you are a proud person. It's that simple. You say, why would you say that? Apostle, I'm not proud. Okay, we'll come back here. 
Look at Second Chronicles 7 verse 14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? And pray. Notice, will humble themselves and pray. You will not pray unless you are humble. It has been said, a day without prayer is a boast against God. A day without prayer is a boast against God. You see that? It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Psalm 10 verse 4 again. It says, the wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. You see that? We pursue what dominates our minds. So if you don't have the desire to, to go after God, to know God, to seek him in his word, to, to know that there's something wrong, it tells me that one, you're proud. Well, come back here. Give me Hebrews 11 verse 6. The Bible says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. It says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and it is a rewarder of those who diligently, who consistently seek him. It's what God is looking for. Will you seek God? Will you go after God? Do you schedule time to seek God? Many don't. And you wonder why he's not helping you. Because God resists the proud. The more proud you are, the more difficult your life is. Because God gives grace or favor to the humble. The humble man will go to God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and grace to help me. In the name of Jesus. Notice, notice grace helps. So grace is supernatural assistance. Supernatural assistance is only available to the humble. And one way we convert supernatural assistance is through humility. The Bible tells us in Numbers 12 verse 3 that Moses was the meekest man. See, he was the meekest man. Think about it. He was the meekest man. Since Moses was very meek, very humble above all the men which are upon the face of the earth. God said that. So now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who are on the face of the earth. And this is the man God says, I will use you to do what has never been done in the earth. Arrogance is a great hindrance to progress in life. Arrogance. So you want to go where no man has ever gone? You must, you must humble yourself. Jesus, who had a name that is above every other name, was very humble. All right. Philippians 2 verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The word here is from you. Let this attitude, this mindset, 
Next. Who being in the form of God, did not consider Robert to be equal with God. Next. It says, but made himself of no reputation. You know, have you ever said, uh, are, you, are you talking to me? Do you know who I am? Reputation. Position. Taking the form of a born servant. The born servant is the least servant in the house. And come in the likeness of man. Next. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. In other words, watch this. Obedience is the proof of humility. Because disobedience is rebellion. When Saul disobeyed God, God said he was rebellious. Say rebellion is at the scene of witchcraft. You see that? Rebellion. So when I disobey God, I am being proud. I'm saying, God, my idea is better than your idea. He says, okay, really? Let's see how your life goes. You always come to me. Life will bring you to me. Trouble will teach you. So every time you disobey God, you're actually making a statement. God, I'm smarter than you. And there's one person you never compete with in life, God. One man said he was going to eradicate the Bible in his lifetime. And he was speaking after the man died. It was his house that he published the first Bible. God wanted to let him know, I sit on your head. See, it's the, you don't compete with him. You don't, you don't get so arrogant that you don't need God. I was talking to, uh, I don't know which of the service here, the man that made a Titanic, maybe it was last week or something, and he said that even God cannot make his, his boat sink. Really? The first voyage, it sank. The first one. And they were so proud that when the boat started sinking, they started getting people to play music. They were calling them, talking to them. There's an iceberg. There's an iceberg. They were so confident. Nothing to you. To God, you don't try that. You fall down before your face. And say, God, I need your help in this business. God, I need your help in this ministry. So I can help this one. He says, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, with the death of the cross, verse 9. Therefore, watch this, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name uncommon. See, you want to walk the path of common success, you must be humble. You, you must be willing to take some nonsense, some, some things you, you can't take. Come on. If some things I've gone through, Jesus, in his land, if I wasn't called here, I'd be gone. You think the rapture took place because I won't carry anything, just me and my family. But he says, therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. 
You want uncommon success? Then you must be willing to humble yourself. Tell somebody, humble yourself. Yeah. And one way we show our humility is the willingness to, to pray and the willingness to obey what God speaks to us. Hallelujah. Now go to Psalm 10 verse 4 again. The Bible says the wicked in his proud countenance does not see God. God is in none of his thoughts. Psalm 63, 1 to 3. Quickly, please. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. When will I seek you? Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry intestine where there is no water. Think about it. This man is going to drive fast. He's going to drive fast. Give me verse 20, O King James. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen in the sanctuary. He says, I want to see your power in my life the way I saw it in church. He's seeking God. Verse 3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. See, it tells, it tells what's important to you. There are some people that go to nightclubs every day. It means that it's a priority. Every day. Do you read your Bible every day? It means it's a priority. I mean, if you eat every day, let me see. I mean, if you bathe every day, not everybody does. Some people, some days they don't bathe. Yeah, the truth. I saw a young man and uh, I looked at him and I saw the way his skin was. I said, You haven't bathed? He said, Yes. I said, You mean. You haven't been it? Yeah. He said, since yesterday. I said, really? He said, oh, relax. Wait until you see my sister. Now, that means the sister can go two days, three days. <laughs> she hasn't been it. So your priority, whatever you're not doing every day, is not a priority. I mean, if you listen to news every day, if you're a man here, you should be listening to news. Don't you listen to news? Man, like, oh, my father will listen to news. Even sometimes when he's falling asleep, we say, Daddy, Daddy, see, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, Mom, okay, more news. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a priority. Hallelujah. You know, something's a priority because you invest your time, your money, you know. Your thoughts, you think about it, it's a priority. First Samuel 13, 13 to 14, quickly. It says, And Samuel said to Saul, You've done foolishly because you've not kept the command of the Lord your God, which you commanded you for now, would the Lord have established your kingdom over Israel forever. 14. Say, but but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. Priority. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you've not kept what the Lord commanded you. Priority. Yesterday I got a call um, in his service. They came to call me that some people wanted to interview me. And um, we were we actually had the premiere of our movie. Uh, Little Foxes, a Christian movie. And um, while we're there, waiting and watching, they came to call me. And I went to the spirit and said, no, wait. Wait. 
I just kept on having this thing. I should wait to the end of the movie. And I waited. Priority. Because whoever you seek to please is your priority. Whoever you seek to please is your priority. You know, some people in this church are here to please me, not God. If I'm not in the meeting, they won't come. I'm not the one that makes register. Apostle is not around. Apostle is not coming. He's not coming. Oh, praise God. Praise God. So they can get only what apostle can give. But the one who comes, whether he's there or not, will get only what God can give. Two different people. So when you look at the person's life and you look at it, wow, you, you, you're such an amazement. You're an amazement to me. You're an amazement is because they will do it whether you are there or not. Think about it. Is this helping anybody today? Acts 13, 22. Look at this boy, David. It says, when he had removed them, he raised up for them David. That's when he removed Saul. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after, all my, after my own heart who will do all my will. Notice, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. So God says, you are a man or woman after my heart when you are always obedient. Mm. So you cannot be a commander in the kingdom unless you are a man after God's heart. And you are a man after God's heart when obeying God is a priority. No, some of us look for excuses not to obey God. I would have done it but... I would have done it, but it's not a priority. Are you all there? It's not a priority. It's not a priority. I talk to my wife most of the time, and because I've trained my spirit, I can perceive things about people, and, and I'll say things like, I don't know why I perceive these things about people. I don't know why I perceive them, but, but I just, I don't know. Because some people have just been born again for 10 years, 20 years, and they've not made any progress. Because there are areas of compromise sabotaging their influence. The Bible says, humble yourselves, okay? It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Then it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's James 4 verse 7. It says, submit yourselves. It says, therefore, I'm just quoting the Oak in James, so give me the Oak in James, please, because that's in my system. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Notice. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now notice we try to resist the devil without first of all submitting to God. So if we look at our lives and there's demonic oppression, there's either ignorance or rebellion. Because I can only resist the devil to flee when I first of all submit it. I remember one time, many years ago, the Lord told me, said, submission is empowerment. 
The area of your life you are submitted to God is the area of your life you have victories. The areas of your life you are submitted to God is the area of your life you have victories. Say that side, I beg that side, I leave that side. Even God knows that side, you cannot talk. That area is where you have your most challenges. Is this happening to anybody? It's like this today is making everybody quiet. Acts 13, 22. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. So God says, if, if you're always finding a way to escape out of what I tell you to do, you're actually saying simply this, that you're not after my heart. You have not a priority. My wife knows I have a priority. I want to please God. I am very, very religious about it. I want to please it. Because it's the one that will judge me on the day of judgment. It's not you. It's not my wife. It's not the pastors I like. It's not the pastors I respect. It's God that's going to judge me. So I better be true to him. Uh, so some of you are in business. Say, is that the price? Say, it's, not the, it's not the price. We'll just say like this. God is watching it. So you have chosen to lie. And they say if you don't lie, no go make them. Really? You've insulted God. You've insulted God. And after you cheat and cheat, you see someone who cheat and cheat and cheat, they find the business burns down. Where was God? I have a son who cuts my hair. Flood came to their area, filled every house in the place, and left his place. That's God saying, no flood. Go to the next one. Enter the next one. How do you explain that? That's uncommon. Are you having uncommon blessings? Are you having uncommon favor? Check your priorities. If what is happening to everybody is happening to you, then your priorities are imbalanced. I was watching something on TV. My wife was with me and people were sharing all kinds of horrible testimonies God brought them out of. And when it was, they were sharing their testimonies, the Lord spoke to me and said, those kind of things will not happen to you. Say you are blessed. I was like, wow. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So relax. Your family, your children, everybody's cool. So wow. Verse 36. Acts 13, 36. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. You see that? He served his own generation by the will of God. Fell asleep, was buried, his father saw corruption. He served his own generation by the will of God. He will always do what God wants him to do. Priorities. Frame your priorities. The Bible says, love your wife, then love her. Say, apostle, my wife annoys me. Love her. 
That's your part. He told you to love your wife. Hallelujah. Look at this. Second Samuel 7 verse 9. Shall they say amen? Alright, look at this. It says, I have been with you wherever you have gone. And I have cut off all your enemies from before you. That's God talking to David. David never had a scratch in battle. Uncommon. And I've made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. God made David a great name. In fact, I, my name is David because he's a great name. I've hardly heard anybody call their son Judas. Have you ever heard someone because Judas? In fact, that boy will change his name quick in life. For they say, you, you are a Judas. If I, the boy will hate his parents, forgive him that name, Judas. Hallelujah. Acts 6, let's read from verse 1. Are you learning anything today? You're kind of quiet today. Because we're talking about being God and doing what God, I will preach it. Amen. You're not here for someone to come and um, lick your feet and um, you go and do whatever you want to do. No, you're here to be discipled. Amen? Now, in those days when a number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Notice there was success, they were multiplying, but there was neglect. You see that? Then the 12 summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables, priorities. So it's the church is growing. The apostles are the ones that distribute and they are growing. They say, Yeah, hey, they are neglecting our people. They call everybody together. It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. We have priorities. See, because if you are going to sustain success, you must focus on your priorities. See, there are many of you in business, you're not doing so well again because you've forgotten what you used to do when you started the business. Some of you in ministry, you've forgotten what you used to do when you started ministry. You used to fast every Friday. You used to fast every Wednesday. Why don't you fast again? So you find out sometimes in ministry, people don't have miracles again in their ministry as they grow up in ministry. What happened? They're not doing what they used to do. You start hearing things like, these days we don't fast. Oh, you were fasting because you were small? But you can remember those days, some of them you see lame walking, all kinds of miracles. Now they, they're up, up there, no miracles happening again because they, never, they have stopped doing what got the results in the early days. If you meet anyone that knows me, they'll tell you that guy is very spiritual. From day one till now. Somebody met him and said, said, we need to bring his spirituality down. I said, bring my spirituality down. I cut him off. That's the secret of my results. That's why I see in the word of God what people don't see. You can't just bring a doctrine and shake me. No. I study. 
and study. Hallelujah. It is not desirable you should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And this is so important. Someone says, why don't we have so many deacons in church? Look at it. The first thing is good reputation. Priorities. So in this church, if you have two wives, you cannot be a deacon. Because a deacon must be the husband of one wife. You've already been disqualified. You have concubines. You can be a deacon in this church. Say, but other places, not here. We do all the will of God. Good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. This is where the Lord began talking to me, especially um, just a few years ago and strongly lately. He said, look at the person's personal life. If they are not personally organized, don't trust them with leadership. Because one of the signs of wisdom is order. One of the signs of wisdom is excellence. Doing the right thing at the right time, in the right way, without supervision. If you have to tell the individual what to do every time, they are not ready for leadership. I was listening to a billionaire one time, and he said something, he said, he was talking about why he's profitable, he said, I employ people who I don't need to manage, who I don't need to supervise. So if you have to employ people that you're always supervising, Life will be a very difficult one. It's very true. See? It says, full of the Holy, Holy Spirit and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. Next. But we'll give ourselves priority continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. These are two things a pastor must never delegate. His personal prayer life and the ministry of the word of God, teaching the word of God. Next. And he's saying, please, the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, and a man full of faith, and, and, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, Nicanor, and Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, and Prophet of Antioch. Next. What they said before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Next. Then the word of God spread. And a number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests who are obedient to the faith. I like the Okinian, it's a great company of priests who are obedient to the faith. So their influence grew. Why? They focus on their priorities. Even the selecting of leaders, they select leaders that will help the work spread fast, not become very responsible. A billionaire. I, I watch most of these days stuff. They always tell you things like, I, I made sure I had people smarter than I. I made sure these were uh, uh, higher for character, trained for skill. All of that, like, boy, this is it. This is it. But most of us, you want to, you want to employ your cousins, your, your father's brothers, sisters, brothers, sister, brothers, child's cousin, auntie's son. And they mess up your business. Because there are no protocols, there are no boundaries. It's, it's my brother's business. I can do whatever I want to do. You can do whatever you want to do. There should be rules. There should be priorities in your business. There should be consequences. Your circle needs to be sacked. 
Say, really? Sack? Sack my own brother? Yes, sack him. What will I tell my mother? This is not your house. This is business. Say, Apostle, what are you teaching us today? Okay, let me show you something. Matthew 12, let's begin from verse 46. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his, brother, his mother and brother stood outside seeking to speak with him. Next. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. Next. But he answered and said, who told you, who said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Next. And he spread out his hand towards the disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Next. Look at this. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and mother. Priorities. It will do all my will. Jesus followed the same principle. You're messing up the program. Get out of the system. It's my brother's son. His father will come and beg me. No, let him go walk somewhere else. Can't come and mess this thing up. That's why many African businesses don't go far. My son must be the, the, the CEO. Your business will soon crash. Many things have crashed in Nigeria. I don't want to talk. If it's not functioning, no results, not meeting the target, step down, son. I love Bonky. His son-in-law was supposed to be successful and he was not performing well. He removed him, took over again and found Daniel Colenda. Daniel Colenda is not his son-in-law. He's not related to Bonky anyway. And Christ for All Nations is, is branching out and doing other things. They, they brought a, a dead boy to the crusade where Daniel Colenda was preaching and before they could get the boy to him or when they got the boy to him, the boy was raised from the dead. He's now Bonky's successor. He's not related to Bonky. Your brother must not be your successor. Your cousin, your, your aunt, your son, your wife. If they can't do it, step down. Come on now, am I helping someone here? Frame your priorities so your business can do well. Frame it. This is what obtains here. If you don't do it, you don't, you don't get it done. You're living. Uncle, uncle, I beg now. Eh, uncle. You know that you're my father's brother. Uncle, it's my father that trained you. Yes, he trained me. Go and walk somewhere. You can't walk here. I can't tolerate this thing. You will ruin my business like this. Because when you start tolerating from your brother, it will grow. Other people start doing it. And if you deal with them, what will happen? Rebellion spreads. And hear me, anywhere strife festers, it will not thrive. Because now there'll be partiality. Jesus said, who, who, who is my mother, my brother? See, look, look at him. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, is my sister, is my mother. This is happening to anybody today. See, that's the way I do ministry. I told my brother, when we when we were still very young, I said, in this ministry, you will earn your place. You will not get anything in this ministry because you're my brother. Because it taught, frame your priorities. 
Frame it. Because whatever you reward, you encourage. Whatever you encourage, you sustain. Simple. So all of you in this ministry, wake up and say, Apostle, we're there in the beginning. You may not be there in the end. Ah, Judas started the day ended. He fell from his place. Come on now. It's like you don't like this framing your priorities. It's too, is it too high for you? You like it? All right. It has been said that 20% of what you do produce 80% of your results. Now, this is prioritizing your time. See, you need to look at the 20% of, of what you do that produces the 80% and focus on that 20%. For me, it's prayer. For me, it's study. Those two things. Twenty percent of what you do produce eighty percent of your results. That means eighty percent of what you what you do could be delegated or outsourced. That's what the apostles said. It is not desirable we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They delegated that one. That's not what's making the people come. It's when the word of God increases. My son in Portacol. They had equipped this month. And he preached the message of preaching equip worry. The same result that happened in that meeting. People started crying in the meeting. As we were praying, they were crying. Just the way it happened in worry. And 121 pastors gathered. Apart from their people. So they were over 140 something people. I wasn't there. My son. Handled it in the court. He preached the same message. As he's preaching the same message, it's growing. I said, how many people are we expecting for a quip? He said, Daddy, I cannot tell you. Because they don't know how many buses they'll bring. People are coming from Imo. People are coming from Uyo. Begging that they have to be around for a quip in Biosa. When the word of God increases, the number of disciples will multiply. And a great company of priests will begin to be faith. Those are ministers. So that's why we are on TV to, to increase the spread of the word of God. So if the word of God increases, what happens? The disciples multiply. Many people are here from radio broadcasts. How many of you are here on radio or TV? That's why you came here. Put your hand up. So you see their hands. So what are your priorities in your business? What is the thing you do that brings the most results? Sit down and think. God said, come let us reason together. Frame your priorities. See, I've noticed that uh, when I do like this, this happens in the business. I've noticed it. You should be able to observe it. See, you should be able to observe your business. Let me show you something. Exodus 17, I think it's verse 11. Give me verse 11. All right. It says, and so it was, watch this, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed when he held up his hand. And when he laid on his hand, Amalek prevailed. Next. But Moses' hand became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and all supported his hands, one on one side, and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Now notice, they observed that whenever Moses' hand is up, they won. When his hand came down, they lost. They observed. Observe your life too. 
When I did like this, money was coming. When I did like this, money stopped coming. When I did like this, money was coming. Even observe the church. See, I remember, I think it was, um, it should be David Wilkerson. He said that whenever the attendance of the church starts dropping or the finance starts dropping, it looks at who are those who do things on the altar. So you should observe. Observe my life too. There's sometimes people come into my life, money stops coming into my hands. And the Lord said, that's a Jonah. I said, what's a Jonah? He said, a Jonah is not an evil spirit. A Jonah is a person. Because when Jonah entered the ship, the Bible says, they started throwing away their cargo. Your cargo are things of value. It was when it almost got to their lives that what happened? That they kicked Jonah out. So you observe your life. See, frame your priorities. Look at, observe. Some of you just look at life and say, eh, sometimes, up, sometimes, down. No, it's not true. It's more and more unto the perfect day. Not less and more, not more and less. No, it's more and more. So when I say more and less, more, something is wrong. Priorities. I'm missing it somewhere. You check your life, you're okay. You're doing what God told you to do. You're giving what God told you to give. Then look around you. I'm very observant. They observed. When he put his hand up, victory. Hands down, loss. Victory, loss. Ah, we must keep that hand up. We must keep that hand up. How was that then? For instance, I'm going to say, man of God, I must go with money. Now, not because he's asking for it, but it's honor. Because you cannot go and see any influential man, a governor, whoever, without a gift. See, it's a protocol. It's a protocol of kings. So, if I'm going to say, man of God, I should hold a gift. I should hold money in my hand. And I've noticed they give me words. Why? Because I've honored them as a man of God. So the God of man will speak through the man. See, people just go, Pastor, I have this problem. And they say, okay, 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 okay. And they go. It's a pastor. He comes to see me. He's in the city. And um, when he comes to me, I find out that I always prophesy. Even when I tell myself, today, when it comes, I will not prophesy. <laughs> he will come and maybe and his wife wants to go and he will kneel down and his wife and I just say okay let's just pray because it comes with honor it doesn't just see me as a reverend gentleman it comes to see me as a man of God you get what you expect see frame your priorities you observe your life Is this helping anybody today? Hallelujah. Let's move on, please. Successful people identify their priorities and focus on them. Successful people identify their priorities and focus on them. Philippians 3, 12 to 14, quickly, please. Is this helping anybody? I mean, if you say this message is helping you see life better. All right. Paul says, not that I have already attained, I'm, I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which 
Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, the first thing here we see is focus. Paul was a focused man. You see that? You cannot achieve success without focus. That's impossible. Mm -mm. That's impossible. 1 Corinthians 9.26 NIV. 1 Corinthians 9.26 NIV. It says, therefore, I do not run like a man running how? Aimlessly. I do not find like a man beating the air. Aimlessly. Focus. There's a focus. There's an aim. Philippians 3, verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. What does it do? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You see, the man is prioritizing. Forgetting and reaching. He's prioritizing. I've got to reach this goal. Is I pressed toward a goal for the price of the upward call in Christ Jesus. That's verse 14. Now, I want you to see something here in verse 14. It says, I pressed toward a goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice the man had a goal. Let's look at it in the O King James. It says, I pressed toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark. I want to reach my destination. Why? I want to get the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We all talk about Paul, but none of us discusses about Judas and makes him a celebrity. Because he didn't follow the road map. He didn't frame his priorities. Money was more important to Judas and loyalty to his master. Now, some of us here, money is more important than loyalty to Jesus. There's some money you compromise to get, you may spend it on your health. It comes at a cost. Compromise is more costly. Luke 4, 42 to 44. Now, when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. And that's one thing about, I, I tell people, I say, um, let me put it this way. If you don't leave by the praise of men and for public applause, you will not die by their criticism. You see, if criticism gets to you so badly because the praise of men is so important to you. There are many people who, who won't say certain things say, because of my fans or I don't want to offend my fans. Now, when you are like that, you are not leading the people, the people that are leading you. Some are slaves of their fans. Give me John 5, 43 to 44. Look at this. It says, I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Next. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Notice receiving honor from one another. 
public applause. NIV. NIV. How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? Yes, I focus on getting that praise. People have come to me and said, we will give you this award, we want you to pay this amount of money. I said, really? I'll pay an amount of money to get an award? I said, that's crazy because if you want to give me an award, it means that I've done something you want to honor. Then I'll pay your money. Yeah, people, these people have paid this. I said, I won't pay. Don't give me. Have you seen anybody that is dead, they put a word inside the grave, the coffin? He doesn't even know what is there. How can you believe if you accept praise of one another, you have to make no effort to accept the praise that comes from the only God? The awards have been sent to me. I wasn't there to receive them. Because God warned me. The reason Saul did not fulfill destiny was not because Saul committed fornication. Saul was always yielding to public opinion. And he quenched his destiny, quenched his generation because public opinion was more important than pleasing God. If I put this post now, some people will not be happy. Is it not Bible you want to put? Put the verse there. Saul said, let me just show you a few things. I don't know why I'm dealing with this. I will go to 1 Samuel 13 and um, give me verse 11. Okay, let's have from 9. Samuel has come now. He said, so Saul said, no, give me verse 8. There's something I want to show you here. It says, then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And the people were scattered from him. Fans. The people were scattered from him. Next. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered a burnt sacrifice and he was not a priest. Because he wanted to keep his fans. He wanted to compromise to keep his fans. Many people are compromising for fans. Verse 10. Now, as soon as, as it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the bond offering, that Samuel came and, and Samuel went out to meet him, that he might greet him. Next. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered from me. When I saw the people were scattered from me. And that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the, the Philistines gathered together at Mishmash. Next, it says, Then I said, I will, the Philistines will come now, will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I've not surrendered to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled. Now, give it to me the okay, James. I forced myself. How many have you forced yourself to do? Your conscience said it is wrong, but you looked at everybody at the table, they are all drinking alcohol. You say, If I don't drink, I forced myself, therefore, and offered a bond offering. Look at verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. And he lost the praise and the honor that comes from God because he was looking to please his fans. Don't want anybody to write anything bad about you. So you refuse to say the truth. Jesus said, blessed are you when men say all manner of evil against you for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven. I want that reward. 
Luke 4.42. Quickly, let's run so we can end this. Has this helped you today? Luke 4.42. Now, when it was day, the party that went to a deserted place and the crowd, the crowd, the crowd, the crowd, the crowd, the crowd, the crowd. There are many things I've got to do juju because of the crowd. A pastor came to me. If I, it was after I quip, one of the quip I was walking away and he was just crying because they were stopping him. He was just crying, Pastor, I traveled all the way to come and see you. I traveled all the way to come and see This one that the man is crying. So I took him upstairs. And he said he had gone somewhere or someone met him and he said he went to a covenant, whatever, they would do some things for him. He should not speak in tongues much and the crowd will be coming. I said, hey, you are a pastor. I said, before a pastor we go and meet a native doctor, he must renounce Christ. Crowd. What shall he profit a man if he has a whole crowd and goes to hell? And they say, if I just use the thing, I just sprinkle the water for them, and some people go to come. Really? The crowd. The crowd, what people do for crowd, what people do for crowd. The crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. Next, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, because for this purpose I've been sent. He was focused, verse 44, and he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. He left, Jesus did not submit to crowd pressure. The crowd. The crowd. Some will come to you and say, uh, Apostle, um, this is the way I think you should do the church. This is the way we'll be seeing people. And so he did when God called me. Do you know what he said? And you don't want to judge me in the day of judgment. It has not come to that, but that's what you're saying. And by the grace of God, we see the crowd. Am I right? Just following God. They said it will not work. You're not preaching. If people don't sing like this, you will not see crowd. Where they are singing like that, we have more crowd. Come on now. Because it is God that brings people. Are you aware of that? See, your message is too hot. Your kind of message, you know, if you are preaching like this, people will be going. I said, let them go. They were not supposed to be here in the first place. I you preach a sweet, sweet message. Now come and say, no matter you are living, nothing do you. Because of crowd. There's always a shout from the back, correct pastors in our soul. <laughs> I refuse to be a part of that. I choose the narrow way. The minister said, Jesus said, the way to the kingdom is narrow. And few there be that find it. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that walk in it. So now Jesus has made the way broad. Outside Jesus Christ.
what is happening to the body of Christ is no longer a narrow way. When you say it's no longer a narrow way, that means there are many ways to heaven. Narrow way means there's a simple way. There's one way. Just I am the door. Crowd. John 9 verse 4. New Living Translation. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. Priority. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The man is coming and then no one can work. Know your priority. Stick to it. Because night is coming. Night is coming. For some people, their older years is their 90 years. Where you can't travel the way you used to travel everywhere. Because now you're 85. You're 95. What did you prioritize? But you were spending your day as a young person just watching super sport. And you were not filling your mind with information. Now you're 25. You're a graduate. And the job market, the labor market is so broad in your sphere, in your field. And now you don't have a job. But if you're feeding yourself and adding some trainings and taking some trainings and reading, you'd have been able to diversify. So many are jobless because they didn't invest their youth. Frame your priorities. Frame your priorities. You're a young person. It is better to bear your burden of your life in your youth. Bear your body now. This is time to read 40 books a month, 20 books a month, 15 books a month. This is the time to do it. You're 20, you're 21. But all they do is watch movies. That's what most people do. And we now have people who are just 13 year old, 17 year old, earning seven figure salary. Not because they are graduate, because they have a mind that understands computer. So people like Google employ people, um, Rosalind Kogan, people employing all these people. Rosalind Kogan has a company and they employ these young teenagers because they've invested their time to build their minds, their mental capacity. Frame your priorities. It's more than dropping your trousers. Hey, I'm funner. Hey, why did you do that? You're a flame job. Hey, I'm the dancing. We need flex. There's a way they dance it. I don't know. My body is not flexible to do it. Say, we don't need flex. The one who changed the world is somewhere reading. It will end up working for that one tomorrow. It will end up working for that one tomorrow. 
I met a man in this land. In a few years, he was talking to my wife and I. He has a doctorate in law. He so said, you will see people in, he called the state in Nigeria, in the West. They have more professors than any state in this country. He said, you will see people frying Akara. And they are running a master's program. Akara woman. This is the time to bear the burden of your youth. Frame your priorities. Some of you are just playing away your life. My guy, my guy. I don't know why my guy is in the former hand. My guy. We just did it all night. In you know, the former hand. My guy. This is a time to invest your time. While you are doing my guy, you'll be the one interviewing them. Say, so, yeah, you want to work with us? Yes. Ah, I know you now. We go and do you now. Excuse me. <laughs> we'll get on the phone. Like, don't be big girl now. Nah. They were the ones doing my guy when they were in school. Sorting lecturer, both physically and financially. Sort. How do you sort for the job? You go to the interview, a woman is there, say, say sir, <laughs> sir. Is that what you do? How do you sort for the job? You go there, say, sir, you can't do that. It's for your lecturer, you can't do that. Invest your life now. Time is ticking. My time is Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's Word and His Spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the Word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wally Fessor, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Birubulu, Yenegua Bayosu State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003 382-7072 or 005-120-4708. God bless you.